Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. We hope you had a good day and are ready for another great stock market show. Now, tonight we're going to explore why the stock market is overreacting to the coronavirus and why investors shouldn't panic. As always, we'll look at what's currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in, give you our expert opinion, and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and joining me tonight is Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hey, Janine. How are you going? I'm good. Did you have a relaxing weekend? I had, well, sort of. I was up north in Queensland sweating my armpits off. It was like 29 degrees, but like about 150% humidity. Wow. Yeah, you know how my curly my hair goes when it gets into humidity. Oh, I know. Look, it's... I was just looking at you, all your greys there. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm starting to get a few too. Well, you are getting a couple, but... Might uh, be because I'm working with you. Might be, yeah. <laughs> I, yes, it might be. Yeah, I was up there with... But I can um, hide mine. Were you up with your... Okay, well, yeah. you can. Well, I sort of can. But you were in Queensland. You I put saying. a hat on my head. Oh, good idea. <laughs> good plan. Yeah, but I was up in Queensland with some of our... Um, team members, there was mm. about three of them, I was doing some training and uh, having a bit of fun and mm. drank too much Coronas. Uh, <laughs> Actually, you'd be helping the company a lot right now then. Oh, do you know something, I was chatting to the guys in the States this morning, um, a guy called David, um, and he was saying to me, he said, you know how dumb Americans are? And I said, why? And he goes, the sales in Corona beer have dropped 40% since the coronavirus. Isn't that silly? <laughs> I drink more of it now. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, fair enough, but uh, you always have been a contrarian, anyway, haven't you? Ah, oh, always. But why not? Why? I don't understand why you wouldn't drink Corona beer. Like mm. it's all right. I actually like Mon- Mondello. That's another Mexican beer. It's very nice. Mondello. Actually, someone told me that when the SARS virus was mm-hmm. um, occur- when the SARS virus occurred, there was a particular model car. Like I think it was mm-hmm. a sports car. I can't remember what it was. Someone out there might know what it was, but they actually had to change the name of it. Did they? Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. So don't drink Corona beer and don't drive a car called SARS. No, it wasn't. Keep <laughs> <laughs> on, it's your go now. All right. If you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. Also, a big hi to anyone new to the show. Great to have you with us tonight. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the show. And moving on quickly, it's the first Tuesday of the month. And that means that we take a look at the All Ordinaries Index. So let's get into a discussion on the market now. All right. On the screen there, we have the monthly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. Surprise, surprise, given we always start with the monthly chart. Now, looking at what's happened on the market recently, you can see that our market clearly broke the all-time high uh, that occurred in November 2007. And this occurred um, in January and again in February. And of course, we've seen the market reverse strongly with what's happened Um, more recently and then it has continued down a little bit this month. But notice how so far this month it's dipped but then it's come back up. We've seen it head uh, back to close at 6,511 points or 0.6 if you want to be exact. And at the moment um, it is is called a reversal the way that the the market did reverse. But you'll notice that over the history of the way the market moves that over the longer term, it, it often has these big down bars and then the market only goes down fractionally after that for a month mm. or two and that's it and then reverses and comes back up again. So, you know, I can just t- I can show you a couple of examples just quickly. You'll see that, that when the market fell down here in 2001, 
Uh, there was a lot happening in 2001. I won't go into the detail there, but you can see that there was a big bar down and then it reversed again. And even some of these bars here, April 2000, the same thing happened. There was this big one here. This was in 97, October 97, a huge bar down. The market just closed up a bit. You can see there in, um, I'll just expand it up a bit for you. Well, so. that's what I'll, I was actually going to talk about that a little later. Yeah, Because look, that was the Asia crisis. That was the Asia crisis. So I'll come back to that later, but mm. that was just a quick sneak peek of what's coming up tonight. So you really got to hang around and watch mm. that. It's important that you see this. But looking at our market now, our guys would be looking at that thinking, okay, that's a pullback, but it's not um, dire. It's, it potentially could turn around and then head back up again, given that it's just tested blue sky recently. It does. I mean, it still looks exciting to me. Mm. I mean, it really does. It, and when you look at the, the market in the big picture like this on the monthly chart, it just completely takes away a lot of that, um, how do I say, that guesswork that people do. It's like mm. you can see it looks bullish. You can see it goes up and down. But we'll get more into that as we get into our main subject for tonight. But okay. um, I think it's about time we get into some emails, isn't it? Or do you want to say some more? Look, I mean, we've looked at the All Lords and that's pretty brief. Everybody knows that the market's pulling back. But I'll just show just well, a quick Well, give, give them your view because, I mean, obviously they can yeah. watch me on Monday on my market report. Mm. And I said, look, this is short-term, blah, blah, blah. What is your thoughts on the All Lords? Because I know you sometimes have a different opinion to me. Yeah, I, I do sometimes. We get into a bit of a, a um, bit of a context, don't we? Sparring match. I'm going to get the pink boxing gloves. <laughs> at the moment, I'm looking at the market, thinking, okay, it could go down a little bit more. Um, but generally, what happens is you get a rebound because you get all of the short positions unwinding after you've seen a big flush out on the downside, and then the test really happens after that. So we won't know for some weeks, I don't think, whether the market's going to turn back up again. But right now, it's at a really important level where the market's pulled back and it could find support there and then take off again. Stranger things have happened. But, you know, we, we always look at the upside and the downside. So it's about having that ability to manage the risk, but also saying, well, Okay, and this is where it comes to with the portfolio mm. management. Okay, we look at the overall picture of every stock in the market to make a call, and it's you bring the rules into it when you're making the decision. But you've got to look at everything, and that's we're going to talk about that a bit tonight too, because some of the subjects that you've raised, which really great research Dale's done. But at the moment, um, you know, the market could rebound short term and then it'll test and tell us what it's going to do for the next month or two. Mm. Yeah, and we'll discuss yeah. that a little bit more in the next thing. But let's get into the... Are you finished now? Or yeah, thank you. That's very on? polite okay. of you. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, on the polite occasionally. Um, so let's get into the emails for this week. And uh, the first one is from Lucia, I think it is, who says, Hi, Dale. Like your shows very, very much. Do you think the stock market is bottom? Um, do you think the market will go back up next week? Now, this is, you sent me to this last Last week, he also sent me another one. He uh, saying he, he asked, "Hi, Dale, lucky show, very much. Well, when will the next bear market in the U.S.? Many thanks, Lucia." So he's asking if the market's bottom mm. and when the next bear market is in the new into the U.S. It's mm -hmm. two separate questions, and um, you never quite know. I think the answer is is like there is nothing that tells you 100% the market's bottomed or the market's topped. And I think like we said that the other week when we said no one's standing there ringing a bell going that's the top price and that's the bottom price. No, they only ring the bell when it hits the 20% decline and declare a bear market. Now, how silly mm. is that for the yeah. investor? But that's what that's, if that doesn't tell you a lot about the market, nothing will. Yeah, well, I only tell you that there's a bear market when it's actually a bear market. So after <laughs> it's actually happened and they actually tell you it's a crash after it's already crashed. So that's mm. really where you're at. The point that we constantly make every single week and it's one most people ignore or most of the investors ignore is it doesn't matter which direction the market's going up or down it's what you're doing about it so what is your plan if it goes up from here what is your plan if it goes down from here so Janine and I don't worry about whether it's going to hit 7,000 points or we're going to hit 3,000 points it's not really a big issue to us uh, whilst we do predict future direction of the market we just let it tell us what's going on and then we make decisions based on our rules. And I know I've had a lot of emails lately or mentions um, about rules, you stop losses and everything else and, and what you, would you do? Do you adjust them during times like this? And the answer is absolutely not. We don't adjust our rules. They are what they are. The rules are not 100%. When you say that, it's not... Because someone could, you said mm. this to me today that sometimes you say things and people take you out of context. They do. So, you know, when you say a rule, it's not necessarily a trend line. No, correct. Because it could be a combination of rules that you've used mm. and looking at the overall chart. Because mm. 
as we're going to talk about down the track, you've got to use everything that you know all the time to trade the market. I think that's pretty good because, or well, that's important because we we use a confluence of all sorts of stuff. Mm. And most people don't know all the rules that Janine and I use. Actually, probably 90%, 99% of people don't understand all the rules that we use. Mm. I think not even our students know all of the rules that you may use for managing yeah. people's money. Mm. So, but let's get on to the next question. All right, the next one is, I'm reading How to Beat the Managed Funds, fantastic, by 20% as part of improving my knowledge and would appreciate your comments on Push Pay, which is PPH. They facilitate donations uh, from church groups and other non-profits. Cheers, Anthony. Okay, okay. good ch- so question there. So if we can, pay, so, you so can Push Pay is actually um, th- there are other companies out there like that. I think you've been following some of these small well, ones. You've got After Pay, you got Z1P, you've got what's the other one? I think it's as a Bubs. Yeah, no, 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 it's not Bubs. It's another one. Um, I can't remember what it's called again now. Yeah, um, but there's a lot more of these companies in this sector in in that buy now type pay pay later or payday loans, all of those sorts of things, and it's getting a lot more regulated or it's mm. starting to move that way. But I also think you're going to get people like you know your visas and your Mastercards getting into it as well. Well, look, looking at the chart here, it looks interesting. Notice what's happened to this stock in the recent mm. decline. Just look at the monthly chart for a start. Very much the same as what our market's doing, only the reversal's a little bit stronger than our market. Mm. Notice that. And also that on the weekly chart, it looks like it's got further to go just to come up a bit um, higher this week, I'd say, or into next week or the following. Because it's although it's re- reversed last month and it could... Um, come back a little bit further, you'll notice that it's actually within a range of the previous sideways move. And that's typically what happens when stocks often break to new highs, they pull back, find support. And then as Dale was saying before, we don't know for a few weeks or even a couple of months whether the stock's going to continue to go back up, Mm. but often they do. So that's interesting. So look, PPH looks okay. Uh, If if you've got rules on the stock, and this is the challenging thing with stocks that do what we call blow off. They take off and week after week, they're up and up and up. And especially the lower liquidity stocks can do this, but then they wipe out Mm. half your profit, you know, in a couple of weeks. So that's the challenge. And that's why we suggest to people not to trade these particular stocks, especially when you're first starting out. Look, notice how there is no trend line up there. Most people, if you're reading Dale's book at the moment, you wouldn't be able to see a trend line up there. And that's the, mm. that's the issue. And that's where you trust the rules, isn't it, to wait for that trend line to, yeah. to unfold. And it may just keep going up. It may give the, the, a trend line point and eventually you might get a tr- confirmed trend line and then it goes back up again, bouncing off that line. Well, you are right. I mean, a lot of these stocks like this is... is you- a lot of people aren't educated enough to be able to trade them. And so what they're doing is they're guessing all the time about getting in and getting out. So they're leaving a lot of profit on the table or they're losing a lot of profit or they're losing capital. Okay, so it's speculative. But a lot of people are not familiar with the market. They're trading these types of stocks. And look, Mm. just to give you an idea, if the the market fell 10%, so so you've got a stock that falls 10 or 15%, where's the price measure? Is it the one? Yep. so you've got a 23% fall in this stock. Now, not every stock's going to fall like that. So if you're, mm. if you're not comfortable trading these types of shares, then don't do that. Mm. Look for bigger stocks that might only fall 10% in some of these moves or 11. Have a look at how much the market falls when it pulls back and see how much the stocks mm. you're holding fall each time. And that'll tell you. Cool. Um, look, I think, are, we, are you happy with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm Move fine. on. Okay, I think that uh, we've got to move into the chat now and handle some of the questions there. So looking forward to getting into that. Okay, so let's get into the first one. I think we've got one yep. from Justin on Telstra here. Okay. So I'll just go to, to Justin. He says, hi, guys, just wanted to say thank you for staying positive and level-headed when others are, tend to be going crazy. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like a full moon at the moment, isn't it? The crazies yeah. are out um, and the lunatics are out. That's why it's a full moon mm-hmm. um, uh, going crazy. He said, I picked up Telstra at the end of last week for $3.40. Should be unaffected by Corona. Um so he's caught, picked it up, catch a falling knife. I have a serious issue with that. Okay. I really do. It's like, how do you know it's bottomed, mate? It's like there's no rules to buy it now. Whilst Look, I think, do like We Telstra. think it may have. Like we think it's an overreaction mm. and we think it may have bottomed. Mm. If you're looking at the monthly chart, there's a lot of support yeah. right across here. So, the, you know, the current view is on our part that it, it may have bottomed, but we won't know now for a, a month or so. Mm. And it could rise up and head towards 370, 380 mm. in the short term when the big players come back in and start looking at it again. Uh, but it also could fall further. And that's where you really have to be prepared to say, well, OK, how much am I prepared to risk on the share? Yeah, but that was like, to me, that's like a 
buy and hope that it stopped yeah. falling because it could mm. have the market could have easily just as fallen more this week and we'd be sitting instead of getting well, that's at true. 340 it could be down at 270 yeah. everyone else would be getting out and you're getting in does that mm. make sense yeah. yeah so to me what you've done is actually dangerous it, you shouldn't be actually doing something like that so let's have a look at the next one we've got one from Peter he's asking about S32 now I know that's another stock we have liked um, over the last couple of months as well and Peter's saying hi guys I can't get can I get your opinion on S32 in particular how much further it might fall don't own it but have it on a watch list look I think the risk with S32 because it's taken out all of this support and that's the challenge with it it's really hit a critical level my view at the moment is that it could head back um, you know slightly lower could end up below two dollars however it is trading at a really interesting level right now so I would expect the next move up as I've said with Telstra you'll see another you'll see a move up and a, t- a test of the resistance above that. And if it manages to push through that, then of course it's going to recover and, and there would be a good op- trading opportunity mm. in it then. But if it just continues to fall down, well, we could see it head all the way down to $1.70. That's the risk for S32 right now. Yeah, and I think whilst it looks like it could be getting to that point where it's going to stop again, mm. it's it's like Janine and I constantly say, guys, it's about trading on confirmation, not speculation. Uh, and that's what uh, the last person did on Telstra. They're speculating it's going to stop. Buying this stock right now would be speculating that it's going to stop. And we always rather, we'd always rather wait for the stock to stop falling, start rising, and showing us that it's more bullish. And even if you leave, you know, leave 10, 20, 30 percent on the bottom, and leave it there, and then get in after 10, 20, 30 percent after the bottom before you get in, because then we know it's going up rather than we think yeah. it, or it might be going up. And the amateurs tend to buy down low, thinking they're getting it cheap. Yeah. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to get falling knives like we've seen week in, week out, people catching falling knives. So, again, right now is the time to sit back on your hands. And uh, mm. I was talking to Jim Beach um, in, in the US last week and he goes, he said, Dale, you're like Warren Buffett. He sits on his hands sometimes too. He said his wife tells him, you've been, what did you do at work? He goes, nothing. <laughs> he said, I've just looked at stuff. He said, did you make any decisions? He goes, no. And she goes, so you went to work all day long and didn't do anything? He goes, yeah, but sometimes that's what you do. <laughs> and that's sometimes what we do, isn't it? We just go, we're not doing anything right mm. now. So just be careful at this point in time. So all right. next question. Uh, okay, the next one is? Um, it's from, I can't even say the name, Drew Vivade 8 um, and he says, hey, guys, hoping you could share your thoughts on PCK. Uh, bought at five cents initially. Do you think it has much further to fall? Um, buying a stock at five cents sounds a bit dangerous to me anyway. Have right. you got it up there? Yeah. OK. PCK could fall further. And this is the problem with the stock like this. I think I need like my this. glasses on this one. Yes. This could be the DOG stock number one today. <laughs> OK. I'm sorry to, for you to hear that. What was the gentleman's name? I don't know. I can't say it again. It was a okay. really sort of long thing with numbers in it. This is a highly speculative share that um, is being traded. And, and this is another thing. Is, you know, the sad fact is I often see people mm-hmm. trading these types of stocks that have no idea and they don't have the proper stop loss in place. I mean, there were so many signals all the way through here, this mm-hmm. area after the high, telling you to, to take your money. And look, maybe some of you, if you were trading it, did. But and even when it went through this low, this is a bit like S32. Once it's taken mm. out that low, you see, it could just keep sliding south. Now, I'd see this stock heading all the way down to, unfortunately, for the share, it could be, you know, five back down to what you paid for it if you paid five cents for it. Well, if they've bought at five cents, they've gone all the way from five cents to 44 and back down to 10. Mm. So what In the short that... term, I think there'll be a rebound on the upside. Could possibly. That's what I see for it. But mm. there's still that risk. You know, strong support exists down here. In this vicinity, and that's the that's the challenge for but this But they're one. probably ruining, ruining not selling it at 40 cents. Mm. That's the thing. And the more it went down, they'd probably be saying, oh, well, I'll sell it when it goes back up to 40 cents. Yeah. And then it goes to 30 cents and 20 but cents. But it's hard. You know, if they can't mm. see a chart and they don't know to look at a chart, how would they know what's going on? They buy my book. No, so, I just... Yeah. Oh, okay. They don't buy my book. Just look at the chart. Okay, look at the chart. <laughs> anyway, I've got a special announcement to make again tonight. I did announce it last week, uh, and that's in uh, next week, or the Thursday of next week, I'll be doing a live presentation right here in the beautiful city of Melbourne. Now, the presentation is for the Australian Technical Analyst Association, um, and they asked me to talk to their members here in the city of Melbourne. So what's exciting for everyone watching, uh, if you are in Melbourne, is that I'm allowed to invite you which is nice so the presentation is on thursday the 12th of march and formalities start at 6 p.m where they have a networking 
meeting with some presentations. Um, they've got some gentlemen who are going to be talking a bit about um, markets to trade and um, looking at um, how to construct a portfolio, I believe, from my memory, uh, what they were telling me. I'm going to be on from 6.45 to 8 p.m. And um, it is at the Ibis Hotel in Therry Street, which I believe is near Victoria Market. So it's easy to get to from a train station. Now, if you're interested in going, then you need to listen really, really carefully because you do need to send us an email with all your contact details. We will send you the relevant information you need and let the ATAA know that you're coming because we need to let them know who's going to be there so they can have enough chairs out. Uh, the my topic for the night is in is well I've got to say this in an uncertain market what type of trader are you now basically you might say that a monkey throwing a dart can pick winning trades in a bull market however only real traders can manage the best place to enter and exit so that they achieve less losers and more winners so why is it that so many people fail at being a consistently profitable trader especially in times of uncertainty so that's really what I'm going to be talking about good um, thought provoking and challenging Oh, um, look, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, well, it's an hour and a quarter-ish of me just mm. getting people to think about what they're doing and how they're doing it and really recognising what type of person they are in, in trading mm. because, as you know, trading is 80% psychology and mm. a lot of people are making a lot of mistakes right now. But it's going to be a fun night, entertaining and very educational. But remember, to get your details uh, or get the details of the event, you do need to send us an email to infowealthwithin.com.au and title the email live presentation. And remember to put your contact info into the email and no, it's not being live streamed or anything like that. that. So yeah. please don't ask guys and it's I'm not doing it anywhere else in Australia. Unless you're in Melbourne, unless they're on the night, you're not going to see it. It's pretty much as simple as that. So it's worth, I think it's $30 to come. So if you can't afford that, then you probably shouldn't be there, I think. You yeah, know it's a I mean? good opportunity to get out too. Oh, it is, and you get to meet myself uh, I, and some of the other guys in our team and mm. some of our students are going to be there, I believe, as well. They've already told us. So, yeah, so I'm going to have fun anyway. Yep. They'll, they'll love the opportunity to get out and see you because I haven't and seen you And they can buy me a beer, can't they, after the show? Because there's dinner mm. after the show, or after the show, after the presentation um, in the restaurant at the Ibis. Well, are you going to do a bit of a dance, are you? I Will think not? I was going to sing my Elvis songs. A tap dance? I've no. seen him play a guitar. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Keep going. All right, now's the time to get into the subject for tonight's show, and that is that Dale and I will explore why the stock market is overreacting to the coronavirus and why investors shouldn't panic. Before we get into it, remember to hit that like button and subscribe now. The more of you that do it, the more he'll know that actually, you know, I do have influence on this show. So come on. <laughs> um, last week we talked about fake news driving the market and looking at what actually occurred. We definitely saw this driving the market last week as world markets fell heavily. Now, what most do not think of is that the fall is purely speculation on what might occur and not necessarily on what is occurring. Now, what we mean by this is that the fall is based on speculation of what may happen with the supply chain across the world. You've probably all read about this. Now, China is most affected by the coronavirus and they're also crucial in that supply chain as they're large importers and exporters. Many companies such as BHP and Apple rely on China for different reasons, of course. So you take it away. Now, understanding the market is a study in human behaviour. In short, mm. humans largely react emotionally and these reactions are based on fear or greed. Now, right now, fear is dominating and it's not necessarily logical, so... Let me explain. It's definitely not logical. It's, no, it's completely illogical at this point in time, isn't it? But there are two separate issues here. One is the coronavirus and the other is the stock market itself. Now, the coronavirus is a health issue, nothing more. Now, whilst it's a bad health issue, it, that's what it is. Um, since 2000, we've had SARS, which was also a coronavirus. And we've seen the world flu pandemic, which caused a massive shortage in flu vaccines. And I remember both of those. Now, both being major health issues, both involving China heavily and both causing mass fear around health and in the stock market. So that was a, a mm. real interesting time. A lot of people panicking. Now, I know yeah. you, you and I have lived through GFCs, mm. tech wrecks, Asia crises, the SARS, mm. the Ebola's, you name it, we've, yeah, we've seen traded it. and mm. done everything through that. But would it surprise you to know that the start of the SARS outbreak was almost at the bottom of the stock market in late 2002? Yep. And that was just prior to the biggest bull market we've ever seen. And SARS lasted for two years. Mm. So why is this different? Yes. 
we're actually at a high. That could be one thing. Well, we are at a high, but yeah. So we've been mm. going down, I think, for 12 months or something into that when the sales But hit. what you're basically saying is that the market took off. It took off, yeah. Mm. So whilst we're not intending to underplay the obvious health issues, of course, the corona is a flu virus and we feel for those people who have actually you know, fallen ill to it, we'd like we'd be very surprised if a vaccine's not created soon so the world would get back to normal again. And look, you know, I had a conversation with someone in Singapore mm. this week who said that uh, she was going to a, a food court in Singapore and she thought it would be quiet because that's what's been happening. And yet all the people came back out. It was actually quite noisy. So um, that tells you something. Yeah, it's just information. People are much more better informed about what's going mm. on now. And I mean, you know, every morning we see, you know, doctors are saying just wash your hands regularly. Yeah. You know, the masks aren't going to help. Mm. But there's not a lot of cases around the rest of the world. It's all in China, 80,000 in China, and the rest of the world is literally... Well, I think they had 100 cases and 30 of those were hospitalised, but mm. a lot of people are actually elderly. But it... Mm. 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 but it is a form of form of the flu. But as I said, or as we're talking about here, is there, there will be a vaccine and it will mm. be cleaned up and it'll all happen again, just like it has happened every other time. Yep. So, but let's keep moving now on. Now, in terms of the market, we need to look at what is normal. And that means a look at the bigger picture, of course, to determine what is normal and what is not. So let's now take a look at the charts. Now, now what we're going to do is bring up a chart of the All Lord News Index and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And I did had a look at these and I put put down what those markets have been doing the last 10 years and just showing you how regular these types of falls are. And there's always, when you look at the media, there's always a reason for the fall. They're always saying that Donald Trump tweeted or Donald, Donald Trump didn't tweet or, you know, there's some other thing happening around the world. There was Brexit we've had. There's you know, we're talking 2018 or two, last week, we're talking about 2018, how everybody said the, there was going to be another GFC, yeah. which didn't happen. Mm. So we're seeing a lot of news all of the time. But let's now go onto the screen and look at um, the All Ordinaries Index. Now, on the chart, this is a monthly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. Now, you can see here, this goes back to 2009. So the GFC low. So that was our big low, and we can see here... Do you want to just show them the fall just to appreciate that relative to those other moves? Just quickly drag it back. There you go. So, so there's the fall. So yep. there's the fall. So what you're seeing here is these are all the major pullbacks on our market since 2009, or that 2009 low in March 2009 there. And we can see here how in May 2000 it fell 16.9%. August 2011. 2010, yep. Uh, 2000, sorry, 2000, 2011 in August was 24.5. Anybody remember what that was? Yeah, the tsunami hit and the market pulled back really strongly. Yep. Okay, so June 2013, we also 11.8. had the, We also had all the fiscal cliff and the debt in the US that they fiscal were debating cliffs. in the yep. Congress. Yep, 9.7%, yep. little one there. 21.1% into February 2016. You remember that one? Yeah, that was all the banks in, um, locally. So okay. that was the financial sector here. Yep, 9.7, 6.8. Then December 2018 was 15.5. Remember that one? Um, look, that one's interesting. He was now. testing me today and I actually couldn't remember it. Yeah. So that's what we actually had a bit of a laugh about because some of them you remember and some you don't because it's not important in the end mm. because the market just recovers. Yeah, so mm. currently to the last week's low, which is the last Friday's low, this is the current uh, low there at 6307.8 points, was 13.5%. So that's not abnormal in this whole scheme of things. The only thing that was a little bit more abnormal to us was just the speed it happened over that big one week mm. now but what i want to do is take you right back go back to 1997 so where can i see the 1997 see this bar here that was the asia crisis yeah i know okay now remember the news on 20, the asia crisis. 20 years on yep and we're seeing on. something happen again yeah so the asia crisis i remember because i was in sydney in at the asia crisis and i'm pretty sure i read about wrote about it in my my first book and you can see they're 21%. And this happened over pretty much a few days. Mm. And I remember standing at the Stock Exchange board in North Sydney. And there were like dozens and dozens of people all around this board panicking. And I'm standing right at the back of them looking. At, and I knew my portfolio was down like 15 or 16% at that mm. particular time. And I'm looking at all these people panicking and I was just laughing my head off because mm. they just don't know what they're doing. And as you can see, if we look at, go back to the chart, you can see within weeks it was back up. And within six weeks of this, this loan, my portfolio Months. was way back into mm. profit. And then over the next year or two, I was, I was making a lot more money because mm. I had good stocks 
and I knew the market wasn't due for a crash. But every single newspaper around was talking about the Asian market melting down, world, world economic, world depressions, mm. recessions, and it was doom and gloom. And yet everything mm. changed pretty quickly. Uh, that was the time when Singapore, I think property in Singapore dropped by 50%. Yeah. Um, Japan was in the doldrums, all that sort of stuff. But again, mm. it's nothing to worry about. So let's now go and look at the Dow. So we'll go down to the Dow and look at what that is. So there's the Dow. So I did the same thing on the Dow. Now, looking back to the Dow, back to... Show them the GFC as well. There's the GFC low there. So that's your March 2009 low. So let's just expand it out there and you can see what we're talking about here. So July 2010, 13%. October 2011, 19%. 9% there, 16.2 into August 2015. 13.8 January 2016. 12.3, 19.4 into December. And now 14.1. It doesn't seem as bad, does it? Mm. So, and have a look at these dates. They're slightly different than the All Ordinaries Index, aren't they? They're not necessarily the same dates, roughly. I mean, we didn't have two lows this close, did we? But two big ones here in the Dow. So, again, 14.1 is not big in the scheme of things. Now, of course, if it does fall away, it could turn into a bigger one like 19% or into the 20%. The S&P fell a little bit harder than these two ones. But when we're looking at... The market. What's happening now is really normal, and as we keep saying, Janine and I said we're expecting the market to peak early sometime in the first quarter this year and move down into a low. It just looks like it's happening now. We can't predict exactly where the high is going to be or exactly where the low is going to be with 100% accuracy. Nobody can, but we can get it round about, and we're pretty accurate a lot of the times. But to us, the market's just doing what it was going to do anyway. Well, when you, when you think about this, when we looked at a stock before mm. for for um, one of the listeners, we were talking about how stocks mm. often take off and then they come back within the previous range. Well, that's mm. really all the Dow's all. done at the moment. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it was very bullish today. And I'm not suggesting it's going to be bullish again for the next few weeks or whatever else. It, where Janine and I are sitting on our hands saying, well, what's going on? Now, we are selling stocks if they um, hit stop losses, etc. But the thing is, we're using rules and we're not speculating. We're not using emotions. Uh, we're very quite calm because we know if it goes up, we know exactly what we're going to do. If it goes down, we know exactly what we're going to and do. And we want to see the dust settle, mm. basically, you know, this, which is what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and people mm. catching falling knives. There's a lot of people trying to catch falling knives. We've seen two people already um, doing that, buying because they think something's low, dangerous. Um, but right now, settle down, wait for it to happen, wait for the low to happen, wait for us to say, yes, the bottom's in, and then go back in and, uh, and buy, because I do think this this year will close a lot higher than what it is right now. Uh, I'm still confident the market is bullish. A bear market is a pullback of 20%, and a bear a crash is 25%. So... So when the market pulls back 10 or 11%, people get really fearful during that time and then all of a sudden it goes, turns around and goes back up again mm. and they think, well, what was all that about? Cool. So having a look at the charts, I'm sure that you can see that what's occurring right now is not really any different than what we've seen in the past and we'll see again in the future. Now, right now, the moobies, moobars, remember the moobars oh, I talked yeah, about? Oh, yeah, joked about that. The mm. moobars are the sheep and the cattle that just follow the herd. Now, the moobars are just following everybody. They're following everybody else. It's herd mentality. And the moobars are fearful and are being highly reactive to the market. And those armchair experts that I talked about last week who believe all the fear-mongering are puffing their chests out thinking they're financial geniuses. And there are a lot of people out there making comments about the market saying, Dara, you said it was going to do this and it's doing that. Um, well, let's wait because uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, what in reality these people have little to no idea what a bear market or crash is or what to do about them. And what I know is that in a few weeks' time, things will really get back to normal with these experts and with these so-called experts. They'll go back into their hiding until next time. Um, but what is normal for our market? This is normal, really. It's just mm. a bit more volatile than normal. Yeah. Mm. Now, as you know, I went to Queensland on the weekend and I came, flew back on late Saturday and I was just on the plane. I thought, I'm going to read a book. So um, I've re I read a book. I just picked up my iPad, looked into my iBooks and mm -hmm. picked up a book hit the button and uh, I, I read a book, was written in 1923 by a gentleman called W.D. Gann. Um, he's a famous trader in the US and it's called The Truth of the Stock Tape was the, the book. Um, and, and so I was doing that on Queensland when I was coming back on the Saturday night because I just decided to read it. But it just opened up on page 22. And so I'm going to read you what page 22 is. It's like that serendipitous stuff, mm -hmm. you know, how you read it. So Gann talks about, this is the exact quote from his book, um, you'll find great value in going back over the years of presidential elections and study the action of the market and the formation of it on the chart in the early part of the year 
and again just previous to the election and following it. Now in most cases you'll find that the event, whether considered good or bad, was discounted beforehand. So it's discounted in the marketplace. He goes on to say there's seldom ever a presidential year, but what at some time there is a scare or severe decline. Public sentiment gets mixed. They decide the Democrats are going to win and the market soon starts in to discount it. However, it makes no difference whether there's a Democratic president or a Republican. If stocks have been distributed and are in the hands of the public, they will go down during a Republican administration. We've just had many panics when a Republican president occupied the White House, as have occurred when the Democrats were in power. It all depends at what level prices are at and the condition of affairs throughout the country. Now, Gan says this will be plainly registered by the tape and your chart will show it. If not, wait until you get a clear indication. An extreme decline occurred in July and August 1896, which was known as the Silver Panic. The country got scared and decided that um, WJ Bryan was going to be elected and that his silver dream would become a reality. Investors and traders sold stocks regardless of value and on August 8th, the average prices of industrial and railroad stocks reached a level which was the lowest from that day until the date of this writing. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? It is. Now, why we read that to you was to show you that history repeats and human nature does not change. And when it comes to the stock market, many people overreact all of the time. Now, this is exactly why we continue to tell you to have rules and use stop losses, otherwise you'll make emotional decisions. Gan says you trade with all you know. So when we do this, we weigh up what is occurring in the overall analysis with the rules. Mm. So what we're saying to you, don't panic now, just have some rules. Mm. The market will settle and then we'll know whether it's going up or down. If it's going up, we start buying again. If it's going down, we protect ourselves with our stop losses. But that book was written 97 years ago and market psychology does not change and people do panic we're in an election year at the moment there's speculation that if um what's that bernie sanders gets in the market's going to crash it's mm. just the same as what happened when trump you know before trump got elected they said it was going to crash and that the market's been the most bullish it's ever been so but now i think it's time that we get into a couple more emails we've um edited some of the non-relative relevant text um, to make them a bit more brief. So I'll start off here by saying, Hi Dale and Janine, i really like to thank you for your weekly series and market updates on YouTube. I've watched every one for the last year. Wow, that's a dedicated soul, isn't it? Well done. Also Dale's book, I, rec I recommend um, to anyone a at a minimum looking to get into the stock market. Thank you for that. You do really need to read this book before investing one cent into the stock market. I also really like how you both tell it how it is. Thank you. Just one question though, is that because the big end of town have the say on what happens that you can only go with how the market is unfolding and one way um, another sentiment is a major factor in volatility and will always be a major factor which they know this. So this will cause your rules to come into play. You know it's temporary but it's triggering your rules so then the market, this is a long one, it is a long so one. Then the market is making and it's disappearing off the screen <laughs> therefore they are pushing you around and you are folk forced to play your rules. So will you always be pushed around by them or do the rules you set still need to change? This then leads me to believe that I could have done better, question mark. However, by looking at what unfolded, I know I could have done much worse. Hope this makes sense. Hmm. You can answer <laughs> it was if you a like. mouthful. I can't remember the start. It is. Um, to give you an idea, yeah, look, volatility can't be predicted. Now, whilst we have an idea that we'll go into volatile times, but you don't know when there's going to be a SARS outbreak or a coronavirus outbreak. Yeah, those, those things you don't know. But, mm. but in terms of when the volatility it can mm. occur, to an extent, we can mm. predict when that's mm. going to happen, but not exactly like you were saying before. We can't predict it to the day. It's not that precise, but we know when higher volatility is likely to occur because the cycles in the market tell us that. Mm. So having studied years and years of cycles going back to the 1800s, it's very repetitive. And that's one of the things with GAN that he talks about as well. And you, t you talk about it in the CFD course as well. Those sorts of cycles really show you that the repetition is there. So mm. volatility happens when those bigger cycles come in but volatility can occur on the upside and the downside and there's a chart 
you know, they measure volatility by, which is the VIX, and they show how the volatility in markets happen and when they happen. And mm. But a lot of these things are often with retrospect that you're looking at them, Correct. and that's the problem because they're more like indicators. So this is where the analysis that we do on our charts is really more about predictive analysis, mm. and it gives you a window or a, or a we call it a band of where the, or an orb if you like, of where the, the lows are likely to come in and then you can work out where the highest volatility is likely to occur. But it's a big study and we've been doing this for a long time. It's not something that you can just do quickly overnight. You need a lot yeah. of training but for does that. does that mean you stick to your rules or you change your rules when something like this is happening? Well, you stick to your rules. I mean, that's the thing. Look, the educated uh, would not react in markets like this and just all of a sudden go and sell everything because that's just a foolhardy thing to do. Mm. It's about taking a position and making a, making your decision based on the overall market, the stocks you're trading and the risk that you're setting for the portfolio at the mm. time. Because the challenge is when a market pulls back strongly like this, if you get a rebound shortly after, the challenge for us particularly as fund managers as well is that having some exposure to that rebound because it could take... If the market pulls back and then turns back up again, you know, if we don't maintain some exposure, then we've got nothing on the upside and then mm. basically you're starting again. So, you know, there's got to be a balance between the way that you address mm. the portfolio and that's what we do. Cool. Well, the next question we've got um, says, Hi, guys, again, I would like to thank you both for your ongoing education from Dale's book and your YouTube shows I've been watching since the beginning. Another one, uh, your help and guidance helps when new investors such as myself experience the volatility we've had in the past week. Now, from reading Dale's book, I had the intestinal fortitude to use my stop losses on stocks like Zero and REA well Group, set at 15%. Well done, matey. My question now is, when is it appropriate to put more money in the market? Should I be adding to good quality stocks I already own, such as BHP, Wes, or CSL? I understand we need to look for buy signals and uptrends. However, I am concerned I missed out on a good opportunity like CSL at its current price. Sorry for the long question, but again, I appreciate your continued education. Have a great show. I think, I think he, we actually mm, answered it, haven't we? Yeah, I think he's hit the nail on the head, though. It's mm. about you know when the when the stocks actually turn around because you wouldn't go putting extra money into West Farmers right now. No, it's just you know it's it's potentially trading below a trend line and may give an exit, and therefore, uh, but you know you just look at it on a stock by stock basis to see whether it started to turn back up again, and always mm. be thinking about if the smart money's selling out of the stocks or if a lot of money's selling out. Why would you think that you're smarter than they are or smarter? than the overall move on the market to get back in. It just doesn't make but sense to do that. people suffer FOMO yeah. too, you know, that fear of missing out. They see a stock moving up a little bit and they go, mm. oh, I've got to get into it right now. Yeah. Or they see a stock at a cheap price because it's fallen so much and they think, it's oh, the I'll get into it now. It's the discipline of not thinking that. You know, the, the, what, what we think mm. is when the market pulls back, that gives us an opportunity to review what's happening with the portfolios and mm. the stocks again mm. and then look at, well, okay, we've got opportunities coming up in the future, but they may not occur for another four to six weeks or could be a couple of months mm. for some stocks. So for traders who are experienced, it actually says, okay, now we just mm. take stock, look where we're at and then plan for the next six to 12 months. Mm. Yeah, and it's also, to me, it's also we get a chance to measure the, the supply and demand. Yeah. Or the, 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 the buyers and sellers or the bulls and the bears on a stock or a market. That's a really good To really thought, understand yeah. the strength of what's going on because how the charts unfold really tells us a hell of a lot about that. And unless you want to do a lot of work and, and a lot of, get a lot of education like you do in our, in our diploma, you're going to struggle with that sort of stuff. So it's always better to let the thing hit a bottom and come back up again. Who said you know? it's a lot of work anyway? It, look, it's, well, it's, it's, it's an in-depth study, but, it, but it's so interesting. Yeah, you know, once awesome. you start re reading it and you're following the exercises and the skill practice mm. activities, you don't want to stop. Do you you just want to keep learning. Do you know I had somebody today bet me a million dollars in Bitcoin? Really? That basically, you're saying I was cocky, wrong about it? the market and I was wrong about coronavirus and everything else. But I bet you the guy doesn't have a million dollars either. Mm -hmm. So why would I bet somebody who doesn't have a million dollars? Well, you wouldn't dollars? make a bet anyway. I'm Jerry idiots. Okay. <laughs> um, we've got another one here. How are you? That um, yeah, this is for you. This is Hi, Dale and Janine. Always great to hear your insights into the direction of the market and companies. I purchased ALL for around $28 in August 2018 and looking to top up at current levels. Mm, we haven't looked at ALL yet to see where it is. The uptrend was looking good over the last 12 months until it broke through the lower trend line. What are your thoughts on this company and price movement going forward, Marco? Okay, well, I know that 
probably is not Marco, who I work with every week. No, it's not. And it's a different one. Uh, yeah, it's okay. A, it's not I one of our that. students. So, so let's go into let's that. Let's go and have a look at that. I'll just bring it up on the screen for you. No, but thanks for the questions, guys, yeah. you're sending them in. And I'll, I haven't looked at the chat, but I know the guys are. We bought some more equipment. I think next week we might even have extra cameras in here, which will be good. Um, I don't know so about that. You don't know about that? They'll no, be able to spot a hair on have, your nose. I was just... <laughs> Who's hair on whose nose? That's probably the question. Mine. They're probably hair in my ear. That's what we would. Okay, just answer the question. I noticed that you've had a bit of a shave today. Okay, so answer the question. All right. ALL, we can see there on the screen, uh, recently over the last oh, probably four months, went to a new all-time high, which is a good thing for the stock. But looking at the weekly chart, it's been really sold off strongly. If your rules triggered and you made up your mind that's how you were going to exit, then you would take an exit and you wouldn't be looking to purchase this particular stock right now because of that, because it's down. Just because it's fallen, it's about that catch the falling knife thing. So looking at this stock, it would have to recover a lot and I think it's going to take quite a while for ALL to recover. could be a couple of months before we see it do that. Funnier things have happened though and this is quite a volatile stock. So at the moment, my point is that I definitely wouldn't be putting additional money into a stock if it was if I was holding the stock and looking for a potential exit I wouldn't be looking to add to it so that's really all I've got to say on ALL at the moment I just want to show you the long-term history of mm. this stock because it is really interesting to look at so have a look at where this one's been it's it's huge it's been on a massive uptrend over time and just because a stock's pulled back doesn't mean that it's going to stop you know a number of times here we saw pullbacks on this share and it just kept rising so if we see a couple of months down, it'll be all the better to look at it um, after that and probably later this year. All right, wow, that's a ALL. Lot. Okay, so we're going to get into the chat and I think there's a couple okay. of questions. There's a whole lot of questions. We've got some more gear too where the guys are handling the chat, not so much I'm handling the chat anymore. So um, this question we've got is from Scott Bradley who says, Hi guys, new follower here, loving the Tuesday live show. My question, when creating your long-term portfolio, you suggest have dividends paid in cash or shares to help compound uh, your wealth. So we actually generally go cash rather than shares. And uh, for that point of view, it comes back into your cash management account and then you add it to uh, your uh, portfolio in a position size for another stock. If you go and get uh, dividend reinvesting, like buying more shares with that cash, um, you tend to get lots of different transactions and then you start creating yourself a capital gains tax nightmare because of all the different positions, different buy prices, etc. Do you have an answer to that? Or? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I would rather let the dividends compound in the, in the portfolio. That's because, I mean, this is sort of a slightly separate thing, but mm. just to explain with the, at the service that we offer with direct equity, for example, mm. that some clients want the dividends paid out to them when they receive dividends. So they want the cash, but they don't want to necessarily leave it in the portfolio. They want to spend it. Yes. Or, and some clients leave it in there to compound and then we purchase additional shares with it as the which portfolio is what changes, which about. is what you said. Mm. Um, but, you know, not everyone's the same and it's really got to be what you really want to do at the end of the day. So it's a judgment call that you make. What we, our opinion is not necessarily going to suit. Well, it depends on the stage person. of life you are. If you're a young mm. person and you're building wealth, then try not to use the dividends other than to me it was always when I'm when I was younger everything that I got from investing went back into investing. Yeah because you gave us there was an mm. example that we did for one of our art of trading workshops and we showed people how mm. if they use the dividends to pay the margin loan mm. which right now in the current climate you'd probably be able to do that pretty easily. And use the positively geared. Yeah use the dividends pay them the margin loan interest and then purchase a nice portfolio mm. and expand your exposure mm. but of course I would never suggest anyone even think about mm. that if they don't have the training no mm. way and if they if they're not if they haven't done our courses i would think no don't even look at you know i'm um, using leverage yeah mm. um i wonder if we've got any more questions i don't think well the guys aren't telling me another question but let's bring up a2 milk we've got one from i think william on a2 milk okay so um, i'll go do you back bring, and find do you wanna, him do you want to bring that up here a2 milk mm. well, how do you No, you can bring that up you've, can got, I? you've got control of everything over there i'm just going to ask the question so william's asking where are you um He's saying A2 Milk, here we go. Hello Dale and Janine, can you please look at A2 Milk for me? I hold. Uh, the price has been quite resilient despite the market correction. It has. It's been a great one. It was actually the, the highest, the best stock last year in the top one, last week in the top 100. Um, what are your thoughts on the stock that are doing well at these times? So there's a few stocks that have done reasonably well. And so they're the ones that Janine yeah. and I look at as being the most resilient one. So looking at A2 Milk, it was So up. as an example, it took a bit of a hit mm. um, during the activity that we saw last week. Mm. And then it turned around, gapped up, 
came back, filled the gap and then took off again. Hmm. Now it's gapped up, which probably means it will come back again, but at the moment it's looking strong. So if you're in it, then you wouldn't be selling this one. But this is an example of where the panic can cause people to jump out of shares that are actually strong. And yes. Why would you not look at stocks on a stock-by-stock -stock basis? Why would you be just Yeah, you don't saying, look at the market. And that's, yeah. I think we've said that numerous times on, on this show is never, ever look at the market, decide what you're buying and selling. You look at the stock itself, look at the chart and look, look at what's actually happening to what you're looking at buying or selling. Uh, don't look at everything else. I think that's the So I look I think it looks really nice at the mm. moment. If the stock falls back below that low that it made mm. last week, um, week ending 28th of February, which is at 14.20, then I'd be saying, well, hey, it's mm. going down. And this resistance across here at around that $16 mark is just proven too much for it. Mm. So we'll just keep watching um, AT Milk and see how it goes. Cool. But now we've got a question from Aman. With this coronavirus issue, people might stay home and watch more TV. Hmm, interesting. But people can order um, at home now. You know, you don't have to Uber go into a shop that sort of stuff. You don't, don't to, to buy anything. So with Nine Network, isn't that fortunate? Because in reality, when you think about it, in the old days, you, you had to go out to buy everything. I don't. I don't know what so it reads. I no, cook everything. No, but just listen. If you, yeah, but if you bought, if you were smart and bought all your shopping online, mm -hmm. you could have it delivered to you. And then I'd be a fat, lazy person. <laughs> so are you saying you get your exercise no, just, at the supermarket? <laughs> no, I'm just fat. I'm not lazy. <laughs> I do all my, but it's so oh, much nicer cooking with all their own, your own own. I know you're the master chef. Yep. Just tasty. I mean, it's healthier. Anyway, keep reading. Did Nine you Network. Swear then? No, did I? Sh no, I didn't say shit. You were about anything. to say. I was about you just to did. Say. I was about to. Oh, look, I have something I didn't for say you. Didn't I? No, they, oh, we can play it back. So. Yeah. Now, have you got a coin? Not on me. How much do I owe? Well, see, you can't take coins out really and then put them back in, but we're going to have to because you don't have a coin on you. No, I don't have a coin. So on that me. means that you're, I owe you. And how come it's only twenty cents anyway? Well, that's because that's because my wife only gives me twenty but cents. But you should a be putting two dollar coins in there, I think. All right. Okay. Whenever he swears, I've got this swear jar, and this all started last was last week, wasn't it? Two weeks. Two weeks ago. So if Dale swears because he said the word, and I won't. I, I can't say because then I'll have to add to I the didn't say it. We can play back the replay. I didn't say it. Let's get back to the So question. he's going to have to add a coin here. Okay. So this person bought NEC <laughs> at $1.55, about 6% dividends. Is it worth a punt medium term? So Aman. let's go to NEC for Aman. Otherwise, he's going to switch off and he's okay, going to yell at you. Sorry about that. I don't so. mean to be disrespectful to you because I want to look at the share for you. So looking here at NEC, you, you can see NEC. <laughs> You can see. I laughed at my own joke. You can see here across there at two dollars ten, mm -hmm. uh, some significant resistance there. Now the stock's actually made a lower high in January 2020. That's a sign that it could go it down further. To me. But look, you know what? It could just be making a trough um, before the next move up because this is a bit of a consolidation, even mm -hmm. though it's down. So let's have a look at what the weekly chart shows. That'll show us a bit more. Well, yep. Taking out that low, Dale's right, it has been a bit more bearish because it's actually the second one that it's taken out. Uh, I would say that, look, if, if it turns and goes back up strongly and trades above this high in February 2020, then it's on its way again. But until it does that, then it could go down lower. So yeah. there is a risk with NEC yeah. right Let's now. Let's move on. We've got about seven minutes left to yell okay. in my ear and we've got to get through a few questions because the chat's melting down. So you took one of my time. questions before, so oh, I'll take this one. That. You can take this Hi, one. Hi, Amanda, another lady. That's why I wanted to take this one. Great show, she says. I have ZNO and its current trend is reflecting the current hysteria caused from the coronavirus and their product is now in high demand. Do you see this continuing? So okay, have, I wonder what their product what is. What was the code again? ZNO. N-O. No. No. <laughs> He's going to use that tomorrow. Don't, don't bring up stock codes like that, please. It's better than DOG. Zeno Group uh, has taken off like a rocket and looks extremely bullish. It now, does, doesn't it? Yeah, but, but the interesting thing is, look what happened last month when the with the coronavirus and the volatility on the market. This stock actually took off south and it fell 48%. That's amazing. Yeah, so look, and it could have fallen further. There's a huge gap there on the chart. I just want to check my data there. This is uh, a too hard one. Mm, and now it's taken off again. So it's that yeah. sort of vol weird volatility. Someone's seen opportunity and thought, mm. that I'm going to take it and taken a huge risk because it could still come back again. Uh, it could be an overreaction to the upside. And I would say, yes, it's going to come back again looking at that. Mm. So I would, you know, with a stock like this, it's really risky. You, you've got to have really strong rules with it. And it did provide an exit there. 
uh, can see that there. But looking at it, if you had a trend line under it, you may still be in it. I'd just make sure, mm. absolutely sure that you have rules on this one to, to manage it. Okay. So thank you, Amanda, for Do that. Do you take this next one again? No, I think so I'll let you have a turn. I've got to be I? fair. So it's, oh, it's my, okay. Hi, Dale and Janine. How do you balance not breaking the golden rules to never invest more than 20% in one stock as a beginner with no stock holdings? You will have to do that, matey. I mean, obviously, in my book, I talk about not investing more than 20% in one stock. But when you have under $5,000, you're just going to break it. Um, that's just what you have to do as you're building up your portfolio. So if you had two or $3,000, I'd just put $1,000 in each stock knowing you're breaking the rule. Um, but still use the stop losses I talk about in my book. Just as I said, until you get, keep doing 1,000 until you get five stocks, then build it up to eight, seven or eight stocks. Once you get around that seven or eight stocks, then you might want to. By that time, you'll be selling some of the first stocks. And that's and because be the risk is more is spread mm. across a greater number of shares, mm. and that reduces the overall risk per individual stock. That's what you're really saying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm actually saying. So, but uh, but really good question, mate, for beginners. So if you haven't, if you're not sure about put position sizing and portfolio management, have a good read of my book because there's a lot of stuff in there. And I had a, a trader talking to me the other week, and he goes, "Just reading your book." just makes so much more sense. Now I'm a trader, um, I'm reading a book and I go, wow, all of that stuff you put together, mm. I understand the complexity behind it all, but you yeah. make it sound really simple to put it, mm. how you put a portfolio together and all your money management and everything else. You just said investors reading your book would just kill the market right now. But All right, question from Anthony. Mm. Um, could be a baby boom in nine months. A2M can ride that wave. Well... <laughs> Nice comment. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got no idea, but A2 Milk possibly. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you've got, I mean, Balamese is being taken we've over at the moment. We've already looked at A2 Milk. So we've already looked at uh, A2 Milk anyway. So um, we won't need to look at that again. But let's look at another stock. How long? Okay. We've got a couple of minutes yet, Mr. Producer. Until we get told off, I'd say. Until we get told so off. So next code point. is? Uh, let's go on. He said we've got two more. So we've looked at NEC. So let's now look at... I'm trying to find another one. I know Telstra. Let's have a look at Telstra because I know we had a question on Telstra. Did or did we already look at that? We've looked at Telstra, but do you want to look at it again? Oh, no, I don't want to look at it again. Um, from, oh, sorry about that. Um, the guys haven't told me which did, stock to look at. Is there at. a stock from, question from Alan, did they say? Or not? I'm trying to that? find another one. Is there a stock code we haven't done? Is there a, um, choose something. I am. I'm trying to find one with a stock code here. They're all making They're comments. They're all questions here. and comments. Okay. CPU. CPU. There is a the good one. the quick or the dead? Now, CPU is an interesting one. Okay, we've seen a big reversal on CPU. Now, it's it's out of character to see a stock like con computer share make this sort of reversal. At this point, it could be that the stock continues to go lower. Looking at the chart there, and I'm just looking at the daily chart, we can see there, I've switched across. So I've got the monthly chart on the left. I looked, had a quick look at the weekly chart. Now we can see that with computer share, it's actually made a number of gaps. And you'll, what you'll find is that a lot of the stocks that have fallen, this last week have actually formed huge gaps on the chart on the daily, which generally means that the price is going to come back up and fill those gaps. The only challenge is that you don't know exactly when that's likely to occur. So the market is really playing with stocks like this at the moment. So when the dust settles, we may actually see the share push back up. Um, but the, again, it, there's a, always a risk with a share once it starts pulling back that it could head into a further decline. So that's where you've just got to keep an eye on it and, and have stop losses on it and manage it. So computer share, if you're, um, there was a general question about computer share. It wasn't that, I, that they already owned it. So look, if you owned it, you'd be just checking your initial stop loss and how you're going to exit it. If you don't own it, you definitely wouldn't be purchasing it right now. You'd be waiting for that dust to settle and for an opportunity to get back in. Mm. So that's computer share. Ramsey Healthcare. So Ramsey Healthcare. I found, one, I found one in the maze of comments here from Ecorso who says, I'll okay. give you it. Um, he says, hi guys, can you cover Ramsey Healthcare? What do you, opinion on this stock? I bought it last December mm. um, at 2018. So he's had it okay. for over 12 months at this point in time. So to December 2018 was a really nice mm. time to get in. So well done there. And looking at this share, we can see, okay, it's reversed back up on the monthly chart. It's come back up to the actual overall angle of the trend, which is nice to see. And this week, it's actually trading back up again. So we don't know whether, as we said before, generally across the market, whether the stock's going to recover fully. But at this point, it's looking like it's holding up. And if it does keep pushing higher, and we see it challenge this zone here, probably around this high here at 74, 
I'd say if it gets above that level again, then it should keep going up and we should mm. see it challenge and go through the all-time high. If we see it come back into this zone around here or if it moves back up and then takes out this low in um, this month, then we could see it trading generally lower. But I don't know, this is a, quite a volatile stock at times, but it when it gets into a nice mm. trend, it generally trends. Although more recently, it's been a bit out of character because of what's happening on the overall market. So I would just say if you own the stock now, you have to decide whether you're trading it on a weekly time frame or a monthly time frame, which is more longer term, and you're going to uh, ride it out and see if the, mm. the stock goes up. Or are you looking to sell? Because there have been rules that you could have got out on with, or you can get out on. Um, it looks like a trend line exit might occur sometime this week. It but looks like he's riding it out because of the way it's unfolded at the moment. Yeah, so. and that's a fair enough decision to, to make at this mm. point until mm. things settle down a bit. Yeah, so mm. well done, Maddie. Um, now it's nearly the end of the show, actually. So for those who watched last week, you remember that Janine, Janine told you that uh, or told you last week that this week would be a topic to really get you thinking, and we hope it did. Now, right now, I've got no idea what we're going to do next week, but I do promise you it will be another one that will stretch your thinking around the marketplace. Now, we hope that you've enjoyed tonight's show and thank you for participating. We always like to see your chats and your comments on there <laughs> and the stocks. Uh, a really great broad selection tonight, so yeah. thank you. Yeah, if you'd like to see the show grow, remember, then share it on your social media right now with your friends and colleagues at Facebook, Twitter, all those sorts of ones. And remember to make sure that you put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube Live every Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. And as always, we're happy to receive your questions, so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line, just like some of those people did tonight. So thank you for that. Well, that brings us to the end of the show again. We really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have. As always, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Take care, guys. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.